0: This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics in Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. More than 25% of shoppers at Levi's. Have a different size today than before the pandemic. That's according to the CEO Chip Berg. Now, Chip has said that uh some people gained weight during the pandemic and many people lost weight. Uh-huh. But both on the men's side and the women's side of business. More than 25% of the consumers have a new size today and they're taking a look at what are the trends and this new looser fit. <laughs> so even the people who lost weight are looking at a looser fit? Uh-huh, sure. Good job on breaking that up and making it fair, Chip. So 25% of the shoppers just at Levi's, have a different size today than before the pandemic. Hmm, which side are you on? The plus or the minus? I know which one I'm on. Welcome, (laughs) welcome to Chewing the Fat. just a glitch okay quit your whining. So if you're listening to Spotify or browsing Amazon you know on New York Times website I don't know why you would want to do that uh, CNN not sure why you'd want to do that BBC eh, Hulu HBO Max and my favorite many more all down. Why? Because Fastly, a content delivery network experienced a glitch. Yeah, I know it was, uh, identified as a service configuration that triggered disruptions across the points of preference globally. Oh, oh, okay. No, no, no problem. You know how many millions of dollars that translates into? Revenue e-commerce losses, wow, that's a lot of money But, you know, look, we're sorry We can't be expected to keep everything running 24 hours a day, 7 days a week Every day of the year, what are you, nuts? I mean, you never know when we want to, sure But whenever there's going to be some sort of, uh, you know, glitch That's some sort of service configuration that may trigger disruptions across points of preference globally. We can't help that. I mean, we try to get it back up and running as fast as we can. So quit your whining. Okay. I know that, look, of course the internet's infrastructure is fragile and we try to keep our hands on it at all times, but sorry, don't mind us. Remember back in, I don't know, a couple of years ago, three or four a year, years ago. Now, remember when Amazon's cloud service went down? And I mean, a bunch of websites went down there too. Temporarily, of course. And that was, you know, it was a coding error. This was just a, you know, a glitch. Oh, okay. Well, no problem. Look, I know they don't want it to happen. It costs everybody, you know, big dollars when that happens. But maybe, I don't know, we have a generator. Uh, something to kick in so that when you have a little, you know, configuration disruption, <laughs> maybe, maybe the configuration disruption goes, this isn't supposed to be happening. So we're just going to run the power through this now. And maybe that, you know, maybe they do have that and it just didn't work and the whole thing shut down. But it's not a good thing when websites globally go down for any amount of time. You can quote me on that. It's not a good thing at any time when websites go down globally. And I know, you know, it was only for, you know, an hour or so uh, a couple days ago. If you're listening live today, is the 10th of June, 2021. So it was a couple days ago and, uh, you know, everything's back up and running now, but I just love how it's, we just are okay with it. I guess we're okay with it because it was just a glitch. And, yeah, never mind the millions of dollars and customers and, and pain in the neck and headaches you caused. Never mind that. It was a glitch. Shut up. Like I said, quit your whining. I'll tell you the people who should be whining is the 800 people who were arrested under the Operation Trojan Shield. I know, we've got a new one. I should break out the Cannon music and just start using it for... O.T.S. Operation Trojan Shield. <laughs> Tonight's episode, Anum. So, oh, we're doing that. Where's where's my canon music? Okay, so Operation Varsity Blues is all but over. I mean, we still have some outstanding cases, but Lori is uh, taken care of. And if there's an update, we can still go back to Operation Varsity Blues. But we have to move on with our lives, and let's move on to Operation Trojan Shield. Ah <laughs> uh, yes, that's right. Operation Trojan Shield. Oh yeah. Tonight's episode, Annum Uh, Yeah, I'm very happy to have my theme back. No problem. So for three years, criminals used a network of encrypted devices to share details of their smuggling and money laundering operations. Incredible, right? I mean, they were talking about what they were doing all over the world, and they knew that incriminating information could be wiped from the encrypted devices they were using. So they were, you know, they were, they felt fine in sharing that information and nope the fbi had been in you know cahoots with a developer of a device called Anom, a-n-o-m and it has now arrested 800 plus people under their operation trojan shield they've seized eight tons of cocaine 22 tons of cannabis 55 luxury vehicles, 250 firearms, $48 million worth of various currencies and cryptocurrencies. Now, I want to be mad about this because the FBI is, you know, I, I, I I don't want to be criminal. I know that. It's okay. So I want to be mad on behalf of the criminals for this. But this was a great idea from the FBI. So in 2018, the FBI recruited a former distributor of a different encrypted network that had just gotten busted. So the engineer was working on a new service, Anum, that stripped mobile phones of their normal functions and disguised a secure messaging app to look like a calculator. In exchange for a reduced sentence and $120,000, the engineer gave the FBI a master key to access and save Anum messages. So as the FBI took down other encrypted communication services, more criminals started to DM using Anom's platform. And they also helped spread Anom by distributing devices to 300 plus gangs across 100 countries through these different middlemen, one Australian fugitive. AKA the Facebook gangster was given an anim device by an undercover agent. And after recommending it to, to, to so many associates, he became like the FBI's top influencer. (laughs) So Europol even have said, Hey, this is one of the largest and most sophisticated law enforcement operations to date in the fight against encrypted criminal activities. Now, of course, You know, there's always the disclaimer of that's just the tip of the iceberg that in real life, there's a lot more going on out there. So we've got to get to that, but good work, uh, the part of the FBI for at least getting that big of a bust using the encrypted, uh, device from Anima. And I, you know, if you're a criminal, what do you do? I mean, you're thinking you're using this device. That's encrypted and then nobody can get to the information. Oh Wrong. So I, I don't know. I don't know what you do. I I really don't know what you do. when I figure it out, I'll let them know. But until then, we have we still we still have news from tonight's episode, Operation Trojan Shield. Oh wait, no no no, that's not right. Wait 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 wait, wait. that's not right. I did that wrong. So the it's the tonight's episode is Anom. <laughs> <laughs> we do have more uh, more information from Operation Trojan Shield. Just want to hear the song again. Might let the whole thing go. Cannon. Cannon. Tonight's episode, Adam. Wow, and we just got breaking news of another big. Uh, big criminal empire boss going down. The wife of Joaquin Guzman, you know him, El Chapo just pleaded guilty to charges here in the U S and admitted that she helped her husband run his multi-billion dollar criminal empire. She appeared in federal court in Washington and pleaded guilty to three federal offenses as part of a plea deal with federal prosecutors. The charges include knowingly and willfully conspiring to distribute heroin, cocaine, marijuana, and methamphetamine for several years. She also pleaded guilty to a money laundering conspiracy charge and to engaging in transactions with a foreign narcotics trafficker. What? I mean, of course, how is that? Of course she's doing all that. Is she, Of course she's engaging in transactions with a foreign narcotics trafficker. How is she supposed to distribute the heroin, cocaine, marijuana, and methamphetamine? So she's a 31-year-old uh, arrested in February at Dallas. Yeah, I remember that. And prosecutors have alleged that she worked closely with uh, the command and control structure of the Sinaloa cartel and conspired to distribute large quantities of drugs, which she just admitted to. No problem. As Mexico's most powerful drug lord guzman el chapo ran a cartel responsible for smuggling drugs into the united states during his 25 year reign they also said his army of sicarios, or hitmen was uh, under orders to kidnap torture and kill anyone who got in his way yeah duh no kidding so they're saying that uh the wife aided and abetted the sinaloa cartel's objectives to smuggle drugs into the u.s and helped import more than 450 kilograms of cocaine 90 kilograms of heroin 45,000 kilograms of meth about 90 kilograms of marijuana they were arrested earlier this year served as the go-between to deliver messages to the cartel members after her husband was arrested uh, she prosecuted, described as she proved illegal activity. She chose, if she chose to go to trial, she said through a translator, when asked by the judge if she actually committed the crimes the government described, her answer, yes. <laughs> <laughs> you actually committed the crimes the government described. Yes, she didn't pull a scene from The Godfather. They said, the FBI said Michael Corleone did this and Marky Corleone did that. And I said, yeah, sure, yeah. I told them what they wanted to hear, but it was all lies. She didn't say that. She just, yes, okay. You're gonna, we're going to trot you back to your jail cell now. Thank you. So I see a headline that talks about a underground pedestrian walkway that has been taken over by homeless people and they claim is now impassable. And this of course is in Los Angeles and it's in Los Filos. And I see a couple of minute news report from local ABC 7 in LA and it's really fascinating. I think I'm just going to play the report for you. There's a video element to this, which I will tweet uh, you can take a look at the video yourself, if you want to see the footage, but you'll get the picture from the report and we'll talk through it, but it's fascinating the feelings of the people of Los Angeles and Los Feliz, uh, while some are saying this is, uh, this is okay, they're neighbors, they, they, some are saying, Hey, it's not the homeless people's fault. Of course not. Uh, one of the homeless guys tells you that this isn't where he's going to live forever. He wants to get a job. He wants to move on. Uh huh. They talk to another person who is uh, was homeless, not here though. But then they also realize that the tunnel was being used by people to cross Hollywood Boulevard. That's what it was built for. I mean, maybe we put one. I don't know if you still have a homeless encampment uh, <laughs> you put a walkway o- over instead of under not sure uh it seems like it would be there would be less chance of any criminal activity if it was a walkway over but you know, I could be wrong and there's uh and and they talk about the the area up above by the tunnel is homeless and a closer area in the neighborhood is all is homeless California and Los Angeles and uh you know the homeless areas are absolutely becoming. The areas. It's, uh, the people with homes are going to be less and less and the people without homes are more and more. There's no doubt about that. But uh, all right, Here's the report.
1: Rob Hayes takes us underground. The intersection of Hollywood Boulevard in New Hampshire doesn't stick out much, but under the asphalt here, you'll find a pedestrian tunnel that no longer has anything to do with pedestrians. Huh. We've had reports of
0: uh, a local LA police main, uh, officer. Down
1: below uh people actually trying to cook inside the tunnel uh trying to heat with open (laughs) flames so it's it's definitely a safety issue LAPD senior lead officer Lenny Davis says the 70 year old tunnel has been overtaken by the homeless So is this portion of the sidewalk by the tunnel stairs. You can see they've run a power line here through the fence down into the tunnel where they have a power source they've tapped into. And good luck trying to secure this with just a gate and some locks we've tried to rewire the fencing uh, locks are just cut and uh, access just continues on Carlos Sarmiento has been living in the tunnel for nearly 8 months and gave eyewitness news a tour of his underground accommodations
0: I'm looking for a job I don't want to be here forever because I want to change my life I want to go get something different
1: but the problem is parents and kids from los Feliz elementary school to the north now need a crossing guard to get across hollywood boulevard we're creating jobs it says some la city council members and neighborhood residents want the tunnel permanently closed filled with concrete <laughs> But not everyone sees that as a tenable solution
0: they'll make that inaccessible to the homeless instead of solving the actual problem which is giving them housing
1: oh, oh jones says giving them housing. Lydia okay. spent time living on skid row he says la has to step up its efforts to build places for the homeless to live before rousting them from their current spots.
0: The people that are homeless right here are not homeless by their own choice. They're homeless because the city of Los Angeles has not made resources available to them to be housed. The tunnel just a block
1: west of another encampment at Berendo Street. Many residents there have been trying for months to get the city to clear it and the tunnel out. Others, though, here are fine with the camp. These neighbors are my neighbors. I want what's best for them. Right. Yes. While the Berendo Street yes. camp has gone from this to this, wow, they just over up the couple couple months, almost half. Little progress has been made at the town The solution has got to come from the community. Uh, it, it's not going to fall on one agency or one department. Uh, it's going to take the village.
0: Yeah, uh, it's going to take a village. And thank you, officer. We appreciate your time. And and we you know good luck good luck god bless out there so there you heard it uh, i just amazing to me the difference in the thought process uh some of the neighborhoods uh, some of the neighbors of uh, family members uh just concreted it in let's concrete and get rid of this thing others oh no it's not their fault that they're homeless the city is at fault for not providing these people places to live oh okay that's interesting and, and others are these people are my neighbors they're my friends are they are they really okay all right but it is a problem and i don't know how to fix it i don't have I, you know maybe we sit down and we talk uh, homeless someday I, I i don't know how to fix it we know that, that he said he's looking for a job maybe he applies for the crossing guard job and we have him be the crossing guard for the kids And then he could not be homeless. So we give the homeless people the crossing guard job until they've saved enough money to move to an actual structure of a home. There's one idea right off the top of my head, but that's just me. all right let's go to the break room i I need something cold to drink desperately i love the extension cord too it shows the extension cord coming across the sidewalk and down the steps into the tunnel awesome i don't know who's paying for that power but good thank you we appreciate it (laughs) Oh. oh my gosh that is so good All right, well, we're in the break room. Might as well do some headlines as we're here. Uh, A Milwaukee woman has admitted that she set her husband on fire because she thought he poisoned her chicken wings. So, I mean, if you think your spouse is poisoning your chicken wings, the only thing to do (laughs) is to set them on fire. So, she had suspected him earlier in the day of putting poison on her chicken wings. This was June 2nd of 2021. She suspected that he was poisoning her chicken wings. So, the next day, that would be June 3rd, around 4 a.m. in the morning, she filled a cup with lighter fluid, poured it on his head, and used a lighter to ignite it. Wow, that... You know, I'm going to go on record as saying that is... That is uh suboptimal, uh, emergency, I just quoted Stuber Gear there and I hate to do that. So let me say that would not be fun to have that happen to you. So I don't have to quote him anymore from that. Whatever. What's the name of his show again? Yeah. World of Stu or whatever it is over there on the, the blaze television network, whatever, uh, emergency, this is the blaze podcast network. Okay. Are we going to cross promote now? Emergency responders arrived at the home and rushed the man to the hospital with severe burns to his chest, head, ears, hands, neck, and face. While he was recovering, the husband told authorities that Smith had been acting strangely for the last three or four months. Yeah, you've been poisoning her. Okay, you've been poisoning her chicken wings. (laughs) (laughs) She was arrested on charges of arson, recklessly endangering safety, and causing mayhem. Wait a minute, I can get arrested for causing mayhem. Okay. Where this has happened in Milwaukee and I can get arrested for causing mayhem. Now you're in trouble. Now you are in trouble. So, you know, if you think that your spouse, whether it be husband or wife or birthing person, uh, is poisoning your chicken wings. I mean, sure you can respond. And you could respond like she did with a cup of lighter fluid and pour it on the spouse's head and fire it up. But, uh, you may like this person get, uh, charged with arson, recklessly endangering safety and causing mayhem. Whew, man, I don't think you want to be arrested for causing mayhem. So, I, mean, I could be wrong. I, I could be wrong. Uh, The U.S. Senate has passed one of the largest industrial bills in history. Glad to see they're at work. It's a goal is to help the U.S. tech industry compete with China. I'm sure that'll be great. I'm sure that will be great. Because there's nothing that the U.S. tech industry, who's in bed with China, wants to do but compete with China. Eh, thank you. I could be wrong. Uh, Lordstown Motors, an electric vehicle startup... Said it might not have enough cash to last in the next 12 months if it doesn't raise capital. Don't worry about it. The government is going to give you some money. They'll still give you some startup cash. You'll be fine. Chipotle has hiked its menu prices by four percent to accommodate rising wages. Remember, we talked yesterday about McDonald's uh, getting, uh, you know, using uh, computers and robots to take your order, thanks to to accommodate rising wages so yeah good thing let's get that $15 an hour minimum wage going okay I know I know I know and now many of you know that I am fashion you know that I am fashion so we have a couple of new fashion things out there we have Crocs that are now heels this is what made Crocs and that I'm all for fashion and if it sells great but I thought the thing about Crocs was that they were you know comfortable so now we're going to have Crocs that are heels okay now I get the boots there's knee high Crocs boots now that are also part of the new collection those are kind of cute in a kid's way (laughs) the heel Crocs they just look dumb they just look dumb, but I'm told they're sold out. Apparently they're sold out in the crock luxury sphere. I do like a couple of the remarks, uh, comments, uh, on social media. One, uh, said, God has abandoned us. <laughs> and one comment about the crock heels, kill it with fire so I mean it's going over well you either love it or you don't so Kanye West still in the news we know that uh, you know they're going through the big divorce he and Kim but he still has his Yeezy brand and partnerships with Adidas and Gap and he's worth I don't know four or five billion dollars now six billion dollars whatever Kanye is worth so I mean that's a ten year deal with Gap so he just put his new jacket out. And it's, uh, its it's pre-orders have already sold out for the Kanye new jacket. It's the first item from Yeezy Gap Line. It's 200 bucks, bright blue nylon puffer jacket. It's unisex coat. It's going to be shipped after this fall. There's no buttons, no zippers, nothing. Okay. It's just a big blue puffer. That's it. That is it. Okay. I know. I know. It lo- I kind of like it. I kind of like it. I don't think it would look good on me. It would probably make me look more like a puffer, (laughs) but I feel like it's a good piece of clothing for a lot of humans on the planet. You can, you can quote me on that. I know, I know you're welcome. You can quote me. I look, I am fashion. Okay. And I guess it's going to be, uh, promoted in theaters throughout uh, throughout america through all the cinemas and so it's just a regular uh, it's a projection billboard so it it has a you know it's almost like a movie theater shot on billboards which is kind of cool uh, it looks kind of cool they have the they have the big billboard with the puffer jacket floating around so we'll see if it works out but i i think it will uh, you know i mean it's already sold out hello the first pre-order of the yeezy gap line 200 bucks Bright blue puffer jacket. Uh, you know, Kanye may be crazy, but he's crazy in a good way. (laughs) Crazy. Oh, there's a good way to be crazy? Yes, there's a good way to be crazy. Speaking of being crazy, there's a good way to, uh, look at crazy. Uh, if you subscribe to my YouTube channel, there's a new video that I just posted, uh, Chris Cruz and I uh, did a quick tour of the science of Guinness world records exhibition, uh, where you discover the marvels of Guinness world record holders. And it's all inside the Perot museum of nature and science in Dallas. So we do a quick tour. It's about 20 minutes. We go through the Guinness, uh, the Guinness world record area there at Perot. And, uh, I, I tell you, I have got to get a Guinness world record. I want one desperately. I don't necessarily want to do all the work to get it, but I want one. So maybe they could just give me like a, an honorary. Uh, do they have an honorary Guinness world record? Like I could, you know, the guy who was wanted one the most for as many years without doing anything to get it. There's where's one. I could. I could do that one. I, I would proudly proudly display that everywhere we'll put that in every broadcast that's my guinness uh world record uh, in the frame right there yeah what is the what is the record well i'm the person who said they wanted a guinness world record the most times without ever doing anything to get one. Oh well congratulations <laughs> <laughs> but you can subscribe to my youtube channel same name as this podcast chewing the fat with jeff fisher and you can watch that and i've got the flat earth dave interview and i post uh my chewing the fat segments that i do on pat gray unleashed every week so you can enjoy that and there'll be more content and different content coming to that page very very soon so uh you might want to subscribe to that if you're listening to this right now and you're not a subscriber what are you doing uh, turn your life around and subscribe. That's all I'm saying. I don't know how you're sneaking listen to it. I don't care. Subscribe to Chewing the Fat with Jeff Fisher, and you might as well follow me on the social media accounts as well at JeffyJFR on Twitter, uh, Jeff Fisher Radio on Facebook and Instagram, and parlor if it even exists anymore I I know I say parlor but I don't even know if it really I mean I know it exists I know don't look at me like that I went to the website and I posted some stuff through the website but you can't get the app the app is available we're not banning the app anymore but you can't get it so how is that working out because it doesn't seem to be working out very well So they've decided Apple and Google, I guess, Google and Apple both have decided, yeah, we'll allow you to have an app. We're just not going to make it available to people. So you go ahead and, you know, have your little app thing over there and you can tell people to do, you know, back room or back door additions of the app through whatever little thing you want to do. But... Yeah, it's not going to work that well, and so it's not going to happen. Oh, okay, well, thank you. This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. An unlikely friendship begins in the Paramount Plus original movie, Little Wing, starring Brooklyn
1: Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Reeling from her parents' divorce, Caitlin steals a valuable bird to save her home, but instead forms a bond with the owner, leading to a new
0: outlook on life. Little Wing. Now streaming exclusively on Paramount Plus. Head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Rated PG-13. I mentioned Apple. I don't know if we talked about this yesterday or not, but I was reading about Apple now expanding its wallet feature to allow users to store driver's licenses and personal ID cards. So I guess they they unveiled, unveiled the idea earlier this week in a preview of its updated features for its iOS 15 wallet, adding that it hopes to make its virtual IDs an acceptable form of identification at airports. Huh. wonder if they'll use it as an acceptable form of ID, you know, to vote. All of a user's personal information, including his or her legal name, date of birth, photo, real estate, real ID status will be stored in a secure and encrypted manner, according to Apple Insider. Now, the Transportation Security Administration said, uh, yeah, we've got confidence in the future of uh, mobile apps as forms of identification for travelers. Oh, okay. Well, that's good. I mean, the TSA continues to partner with private industry as appropriate to adopt new technologies at airport checkpoints to enhance traveler security and experience. Yeah, I'm sure because it looks like you've come a long way to enhance uh, traveler security experience. (laughs) They expect To begin a phased rollout of accepting digital forms of identification, including mobile driver's licenses, state-issued ID cards, at select checkpoints, later this year. Wow. Uh, That's, uh, I guess that's kind of cool. But do you remember way back in April of, I don't know, this year? I mean, I don't know how old you were, way back in April. But Tim Cook, you know, the guy that heads up Apple, he was happy to speak out on voter suppression concerns in Georgia, member? So I wonder if uh he's okay with, you know, making sure that everyone has a identification to vote. That just ticks me off. I, I, I know that uh Apple believes that thanks in part to the power of technology, it ought to be easier than ever to for every eligible citizen to exercise their right to vote. You're right, Tim. And it's easier than ever to get ID. And it's easier than ever to get identification and save it in your new Apple phone. (laughs) So how about you zip it with you and your Chinese buddies and just do what you do at Apple, okay? That's all I want. Does that sound mean? I didn't mean to. I just... I just, I didn't mean to sound mean. I adjust. All right. A couple of, uh, offbeat political stories. And then I've got, uh, you know, a lobster story that I love. So remember Sidney Powell, the former Trump campaign lawyer, that wasn't really a campaign lawyer, but was a campaign lawyer who faces a defamation lawsuits seeking billions of dollars, dollars in damages because of her claims, about the presidential election fraud and argues now that uh, her accusations against uh, Dominion voting systems, uh, a while ago when they went after her, she argued that, uh, hey, no reasonable person would have understood what I said as statements of fact. Uh-uh. Well, uh, she said not long ago at this big event here in Dallas, Texas, and, and DFW had a thing called God and Country Patriot Roundup uh over Memorial Day weekend and uh she said that she believes the Dominion lawsuit is going to be dismissed because we meant what we said and we have evidence to back it up if the lawsuit proceeds then we will get discovery against Dominion and we will be on the offense and she also said at that uh, big uh, Memorial Day weekend God and Country Patriot Roundup that she Believe that Trump could just simply be reinstated Uh, after you just have a new inauguration. All right. I mean, okay, if you say so, Sydney, no problem. And her stance, uh, she said that uh, she believes she has the information uh, to go up against Dominion and will defeat Dominion's lawsuit by showing what really happened, what meant. we meant what we said and we have the evidence to back it up. Okay. So, let's... let's see what Sydney has and what evidence she does have because she said she was going to unleash the Kraken at one point and still kind of waiting on the Kraken to be, you know, flying around or even crawling around. Even dragging himself around with a broken hip or something. (laughs) Where is the Kraken? That's my question. Where is the Kraken? And it's being reported in a new book from the Wall Street Journal's Michael Bender. uh, Trump interrupted an Oval Office policy meeting to complain about Joe Biden. Apparently, When he learned that Biden was beating him in the polls leading up to the 2020 presidential election, he burst into the room and said, how am I losing in the polls to a mental retard? I'm not laughing at that. I no, I'm just telling you what's being reported in Bender's book titled, frankly, we did win this election. The inside story of how Trump Lost. Scheduled to come out uh, the 10th of August. And we'll see, uh, you know, if we'll see if most of it is just, you know, hearsay like this is. I mean, we're to believe that we have inside information that he just burst into the room mad and said, How am I losing in the polls to a mental retard? And I believe that question was asked by a lot of people. It may not have used the term mental retard. But I believe that question was asked by many people. How is Trump losing in the polls to him? So maybe Michael Bender from the Wall Street Journal and his new book, Frankly, We Did Win This Election, is just a question. And he's taken some some liberty to expand on the question by adding those two words. I don't know. I'm just saying. Or... Is it possible that Trump actually did say that? The answer to that question, I believe, is it's absolutely positive he said that. I mean, possible, not positive. Ooh, no. Ooh, it isn't positive. Oh, sorry. No, I meant possible. Possible that he said that. Because, I mean, it sounds like something somebody like Donald Trump would say. Doesn't it? So I have a question, a question of the day for you, but it all got started through an article written by this Jackie Bryant, who on her Twitter account claims, you know, to be a freelance journalist, a cannabis, labor, travel. She works for all these different websites. And of course she works for, and more, and she identifies as she, her. Now her article is on lobsters. And I found it fascinating. She talks to this Charlotte Gill, who is the owner of Charlotte's legendary lobster pound. It's a lobster shack in Southwest Harbor, Maine. And it goes on to talk about how this Charlotte Gill, when she was a girl, used to save her money and buy lobsters and set them free. And now she owns this legendary lobster pound in, um, in Maine. And it talks about, uh, how prior to becoming this purveyor of lobster and good times. She was once a student at Case Western Reserve University in Cleveland, Ohio. I love Case Western Reserve University in Cleveland, Ohio. Ever since I knew about Case Western Reserve University in Cleveland, Ohio, which was, you know, about 24 hours ago, but I still love them. (laughs) I've been a fan of theirs for as long as I can remember. So he she Gill talks about how they started uh considering how the lobster became a culinary delicacy throughout the world because the preparation requires it to be cooked while still very much alive. And yeah, duh, uh we've all had that conversation. Uh, it's amazing how it happened, right? And it, uh, you know, got worse for her cause she started thinking about it. And then she talked, started thinking about how the creature dies, this atrocious death and you know, how bad she feels about it. I want to go on record as saying, I do not feel bad about it. We are humans. Uh, they are animals just to clear that up for you. So she started, <laughs> They started wondering, "Hey, they don't have vocal cords, but that doesn't mean that they don't have extreme suffering when they're boiling." It's obvious; you can see it. Okay, and we know that if we put them in a pot of water and turn the heat on, they crawl out. Right? That's why you—that's why you drop it in when it's when it's boiling. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, so I guess you know. I know you feel pain, but I'm going to eat you in a moment. So go into the hot water. So she, uh, started doing tests and decided, Hey, how can I make it better? So they started thinking about, well, what if we get them high and, uh, what will happen? Cause you know, THC is a great tool for pain management. So she figured, hey, she could get a lobster really high and then it could be sedated and cooked with minimal or no stress. And it would be, you know, better for them to be stoned while they were dying and it'd be okay. So they discovered a study from New Zealand, which claimed that the, uh, cannabis smoke should go in have an effect on the lobster's body because they have uh cannabinoid receptors okay so now they wondered how they were going to administer it and they administered it by putting it into a, a box and they covered the box and put a little straw in it and then they blew pot smoke into the box and they put a little water on the bottom and they closed it up and then they blew smoke into it and let it sit in there. And they said, as time went on, they used an air mattress pump. So it would be you know proper about the study. And then they figured they left the box closed for three to five minutes, which they decided was a decent enough hot box session. If you don't know what a hot box is, you, know, <laughs> you ever been in a room full of pot smokers, you're getting that you know, you're getting that smoke. And then if you, of course you get a, you know, you turn it around and get a, what do they call that? Shotgunning, I guess you would put the joint in your mouth. You'd put the uh, hot in in your mouth and then blow. So the smoke would go into the next person's lungs. I know that's just what stoners do. Don't look at me. I'm not saying I did it much. I'm just saying that it happened. Okay, so they tested it out and they did it, uh, you know, 40, 50 times. They changed up the variables as time went on. They switched uh, strains, which were always grown locally. And they noticed a difference in the lobsters behavior. Uh, The water temperature did not matter one bit. Overall, she says that lobsters always appeared chilled out to the point where she felt that at the very least they were not exhibiting signs of stress and therefore must have calmed right and uh, they observed tail flapping and also used a first track check drug test to test for the presence of THC which came back negative huh that's kind of weird now for me that's kind of weird so not really sure so now she said they've discontinued the practice of administering THC to lobsters which she claims makes the meat taste better since the animals are less stressed when they're killed. So these days, she administers valerian root to the lobsters before processing. Okay. (laughs) Now, according to one research study from researchers at UC San Diego, and it wasn't peer-reviewed, They wanted to determine the THC levels in the lobster after exposure to the vapor. And so, according to the paper, they said that the result was significant THC uptake and in behavioral effects. Huh. Okay. I guess another way one could do it, you could inject the THC into the lobster, but that seems to defeat. I don't know. You, aren't you harming them when you put the needle in them? I guess. I, I don't know. But all of this, and it's a fascinating uh, little story about you know the studies and what they're doing and how they're trying to make uh, you know the the lobsters you know less stressed when we're dumping them into boiling water. <laughs> okay, no problem. You know if you want if it makes you feel better while well, you're cooking lobster for me. That they're not stressed out. Okay. Fine. I'm okay with it. But it leads us to the question of the day. It comes from the article's author, Jackie Bryant. If you give a lobster enough THC, will it notice that it is boiling to death? You can email me at at chewingthefatattheblaze.com.